0: Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced, as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Moser, here today to talk about Stranger Things Season 4, the newest season of Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm here with two other Infinity Bros today. It is Infinity Bro, Robbie first. Robbie, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. I am
1: hard mountain doing it right now.
0: Mountain doing it so hard. Mountain doing it so hard. Scott Higa last week guest on episode 120 said that if he could build the perfect Infinity Bro, he would pick your shoulders. Robbie, I just want to double down and tell you, I would also pick your shoulders.
1: I would like to say that if maybe if you want to see my shoulders, you should pay for the Patreon and then you can see my shoulders. You're plugging something
0: we haven't like fully developed yet. I just did. <laughs> okay, there's not a Patreon officially set yet, but we might be making one. So if you want one, reach out it to better us. Better be on. by the time this is aired. If you think we should have a Patreon reach out to us, most of you are like, please do not make me pay for anything that you do. And the other Infinity Bro here today is Jared Curtis. Jared, how are you? I'm good. I'm
2: great. Hey, um (laughs) go check out that Patreon for sure. (laughs) You're missing some great context as to why we all have the giggles. Um I shouldn't have said that. Yeah.
0: Oh, great. Love it. Oh gosh. Uh Jared, uh, congratulations Mm -hmm. on what Jared do? I I, that's. I was just going to try to pat him on the back for something. There's nothing really to pat him on the back for. Um, yep. Hey, we we got a 200,000-viewed uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Th- nice. that's, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. It's not, it's not Jared's, but, you know. No, right. it's not. It's Robbie's again. Robbie's doing everything great on our podcast. Sorry, Jared.
1: We'll find something. Yeah, I'll, I did bummer. something. <laughs> Someday it's going to transfer to Twitch. yeah. <laughs>
0: Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, someday it'll go to Twitch. That's wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, my someday man. it'll go to Twitch.
2: Hey, you know what? We had like six people watching us this week. This is the rockiest
0: start of a podcast we've ever had. <laughs> this and is great. We're just.
2: Mark's not even here. And this is the most Mark intro we've, we've had yet. Totally.
0: I, I feel like the ghost of Mark Jones has inhabited me. And I know there's an inappropriate joke he'd make if I went any further. He's so Matt. Yeah. It. He's just vengeful that he's not on this one because I feel like he has a lot to say about this. Yeah, for sure. We uh, have an, an iTunes rating to talk through real quick before we get to Stranger Things 4. We will get to the advertised content. Do not stress, we will get to that, but we need to make sure we we check the boxes first. You can leave us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. Uh, we are very grateful for every review we get. Typically I in the pasture have been very mean. Melancholy about salty. Yeah, salty, rude, rude. Uh, grogarious, yeah. flat um, out evil. I wouldn't say evil, I but I think <clears throat> I've been mean. Yeah. Mean is fair, mean is not fair. evil. <clears throat> Two reviews and I have committed to this one to not being rude So I'm going to do Vecna my best know would
1: tell you to chill
0: Sure Sure she would And Vecna's this not a girl Spoilers Whoa Spoilers Jeez, Robbie. we didn't even hit the spoiler warning yet The Infinity Rose podcast You can leave us a review on iTunes Podchaser Rocky start If you're still here Why this one comes from ODPH607. It says, to infinity and beyond a podcast. It's a five-star rating, and they say, solid podcast that really captures your attention from the jump. Great production and a conversation by friends that welcomes you in with friend, with funny... What is going on right now? Something's okay? vibrating on my table. What on <laughs> earth? Okay, chimney Christmas right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, my PS5 controller's Ugh. going bananas right now.
2: <laughs> right. That's what I would say, too, for the, for the Patreon folks at home.
0: Great production and a conversation by friends that welcome you in with funny takes and solid points of discussion. Check it out. Hashtag ODPHPod. Thank you for the review. I am not supposed to say anything mean or make any jokes about this. This is my favorite review I've ever seen. It's a five out of five. I give this review six out of six stones. Robbie, what do you think?
1: I'm pretty sure our level, like, you're a three unless you rank
0: Zane, so I think it's a three. I'm pretty sure that's, I'm pretty sure we've made that abundantly clear. Those are the rules, Max. Do you think if somebody doesn't mention Zane that they may have not listened to our podcast?
2: Or just not listen to an episode where we've talked about reviews.
1: What percentage of listeners like our, like we have a pretty standard set of listeners. What percentage of them do you think actually know that Zane exists? Like in real life or. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just exists in general. Like, do you think that there's there's like a, a percentage of those people that listen to our podcast regularly that think Zane isn't
0: a real person? Just a voice that lives in my head. Oh,
1: Devin. Like Devin. <laughs> Devin. Yeah. yeah, like my other. Yeah, Devin's ago. not real.
0: You can listen to Devin when Jared streams right. on Twitch. There's the Yeah, he sounds like Twitch. a demon. Yeah, I, J- Robbie, I would lean into the 20 to 30 percent. Have never heard Zane's voice on the podcast. I think 20 to 30 percent don't know Zane exists.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah
0: i would go about ai go about a I'd go about a fourth, yeah, twenty five percent. Twenty seven percent. That's that's going to be my exa- exact exact okay. guess. Right on the money. I like that. I don't know how we look up look that up. Maybe a poll of some sort.
1: Is it just oh. is
0: Zane real? This this ODPH podcast. Do you think they know that Zane exists?
1: Highly doubt. I give that a five percent chance.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they did say we have great production though, so they clearly haven't listened to this episode yet. <laughs>
1: Oh Yeah, right That's kind <laughs> but, of it
2: You're doing great Well, we don't know how you've mixed this in the future We just know that it's unhinged
0: right now I know, I'm just The point I make, though, is that this, for sure, is my Most PG-13 episode for me I don't know what that means And I don't like getting inappropriate And I've made some jokes that I already have to edit out Okay, hold, last on. Week, hold on Okay, Okay, let's hold on for one second Do you remember the Jackass
1: episode? Yeah, you guys talked about <laughs> like you guys talked about penises for a good hour
0: and a half. Yeah. We didn't talk about penises for an <laughs> hour and kind a half. Of, I yeah. said that, hey, you're going to see some Pen15s in this. Be warned, if you watch Jackass, it's not mm. like that's a new thing for Jackass. Sure. You
1: guys kept coming back to the Pen15
0: thing. No, 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 Mark kept coming back to the Pen15. I did not come back to the Pen15s. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: Go back and listen. Let us know. Wait, yeah, we'll have to run the tape. right? What, what episode was that?
0: Pay for a Patreon and then go back. It won't help you at all to go back. You can go back please, for free, but still just listen. pay for a Patreon just in case. That was the worst episode. I can't believe you guys did What a that. great plug. It
1: wasn't the worst episode. A lot of people liked that episode. The first half of that episode was phenomenal. I had to turn that episode off. It's
0: a great episode. It
1: was only good because Mark was there.
0: You did not tune in today To listen to us babble About previous episodes of our podcast You came to hear about Stranger Things Season 4 The newest season of Stranger Things That has come back after A thousand days Off of the air Obviously it showed in serious? 2016 I am serious Robbie written, by, written and created by Ross and Matt Duffer It stars Millie Bobby Brown Finn Wolfhart, Winona Ryder David Harbour Gatton Mazzaro, I butchered that name again. Oh, man. Caleb McLaughlin, Natalie Dyer, Charlie Heaton, Joe Keery, Noah Schnapp, Cara Buono, Sadie Sink. Uh, I want to make sure I'm not getting into spoilers here. Maya Hawk. And Priya Ferguson. We'll leave it at that after that. We'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get any more spoilers after that. I feel like you're fairly safe going through the cast list. Yeah, there's a couple people I don't want to say just in case people are trying to hear sure, 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 our sure, sure, thoughts sure, sure. on it. It did just come out Friday. We're going to give our non-spoiler reviews on the front end while rating the show, and then we will do our spoiler rating on the back end. So for those that are on the fence about this, I know a lot of people, guys, that really haven't started this series, and I think this season's getting like more at all? press. Well, maybe they watched one season, but... They haven't continued past the first season or they just they never got into it So what I want to do is rate our first I'm, sorry rate just this season, excuse me And then we'll talk about the series as a whole as well as season four So before we get into our ratings I want to make sure that you as the audience are familiar with our rating system and how we rate things here So i'm going to go ahead and put the bumper for that right here Here on the infinity bros podcast Everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. We're gonna start with you, Robbie. Can you give us your non-spoiler rating of Season 4, and briefly touch on a few things, but please keep the spoilers away.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I really like Season 4. I'm really, really enjoying Season 4. I think it's up there as one of the best season so far um i'm gonna give it as it sits right now a 5.5 i think it's hard to give it a six because it's not finished we still got a ways to go can they can they finish this up in a, a glorious fashion so right now it'll sit a 5.5 i'm teetering towards six i'm really really enjoying it i'm really enjoying some of the things they're doing um i saw one review earlier that talked about how they Thought some of the storylines weren't that important, but I'm enjoying and I'm invested in every single storyline. So I'm really enjoying it. 5.5 out of six. You have to you need to watch this season. I've been told that the Infinity Bros are like overly
2: optimistic about everything and we tend to give a lot more five and sixes than we need to. This is a six for what we have now. I have literally zero complaints. I think. Every episode start to finish has captured me. Sure, there were some that were a little slow, but. I would say storylines that were a little slow, but ultimately every episode fully paid off. Um, I am losing my mind over this right now. Uh, I cannot wait till July. Uh, I'm telling everybody who hasn't watched the other seasons to go back and check them out. This Delivered and then some. I think the additions to the cast and the characters that they introduce are phenomenal. And even the change in directors and writers um, gave me more than I
0: expected. It it adds some horror elements and just paid off in spades. Well, the people that are saying we are really optimistic clearly have not heard me talk about things because I am not Mr. Optimistic on this show. I'm Mr. Negativity a lot of the times. I got to tell you, though, Jared, I am right there with you, dog. Robbie, I understand your rating, and I think it's completely fair to say I can't give it a six till I see the next two episodes. So maybe I should have clarified this. We can rank just volume one of season four. As far as I'm concerned, volume one of season four is a six out of six. If this all holds up, this is the best season of Stranger Things, and I'm including season one, which would be a strong number two for me. Robbie, you made a great point. You said there are some people that have said that certain stories do not work as well. There's a specific storyline with a group located in California that I think they reference a lot that they say, hey, these guys didn't really do much. I would really strongly push back on that. And we're actually going to talk about one thing that I think got missed by a lot of audience members today with that group. So I'm excited about that. So maybe a little plug to keep listening. But. I think this is Millie Bobby Brown's strongest season and she's had some great seasons. This really is her carrying the weight of this character. I think this is one of the best villains we've ever seen. Basically how I'm describing this villain without giving any spoilers away is Thanos mixed with Freddy Krueger. And I really feel like this villain. I'm hoping this villain is the villain of like season five.
1: This um, is the final season,
0: dude. No, next season the final season.
1: No, I'm nope, pretty they sure have one they
0: more. They got a final season. They got a fifth season after. this. Are you sure? I know they have a final season after this. Yes. They have one more season after this. Robbie, if you can look it up, they do. They have one more season to go. I know that. that can I confirm
1: swear that. they said
0: this was the final season. No, season five is the final season. Hmm. So I'm hoping that this villain is it. But there's a chance that we could see something happen. And we'll talk about that in the spoiler review. I really enjoyed every storyline, though, Robbie. You're nailing it. Every single story had me on the edge of my seat. I was not upset when we would transition. And there are certain shows that I've watched in the past where I've been like, holy cow, I I, I want to get away from this story to get to this story. I did not feel that way at all in this in this arc. Jared, I agree with you. I think this is one of the best sixes I can give. I, I This is like up there with, as far as I'm concerned, television. This is up there with um, one of set. This is up there for me with Severance. This is up there for me with Ted Lasso. This is up there for me for From. Uh, There's just some great shows that have been going around this year. And man, did this show deliver. And three years was a long wait, but a tremendous job by these guys. We'll break more down in spoilers. I'll also add this. The season four trailer was the best trailer I've ever seen in terms of a television trailer. I think the season four trailer... With the remix song they had in that was just awesome. How they showed Vecna out the gate. Really, really love everything they're doing here with the marketing. Season four is a must watch. If you have not watched Stranger Things, how I would sell this show to you is this. This is a show that you will have somebody you're rooting for. Somebody on this in this cast is worth following, in my opinion. And I think everybody can relate to somebody on this show. And that's unusual because in most shows, you sometimes don't get you feel like you can relate to a character. But I think every type of person is represented in this show. And I like that. And I think that's really there's excitement in that. So that's how I feel about this show. Six out of six for me. Six out of six for Jarrett and a five point five out of six from Robbie. Man, we oh, should have gotten Zane's review. Who? Zane's got a okay. lot of good thoughts on this. Yeah, exactly. Twenty percent of the people are like, who the heck are you talking about? We are going to transition to our spoiler time now to talk about this show. We are going to be spoiling everything about this show. So if you have not seen Stranger Things Season 4 yet, this is your last chance. This is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Ah! Warning. All right, guys, real quick before we get into the spoilers, can you rank the season's from the perspective and that you can obviously talk about why you'd give season four the specific ranking in comparison to the others. What are your ratings of the previous seasons and where does it rank in your Pantheon for you? Season one was so novel in what it was
2: trying to do. I think that like the, the sort of kids on bikes genre, um, got a Renaissance with the, with the start of this. And so season five still holds like a, a golden spot in season my four or Sorry, Season four, season one and <laughs> Uh, holds a, a golden spot in my memory as like really kicking off something cool. Um so that one sits at a 5.5 for me. It is only shadowed by season four so far. That is the only reason it's a 5.5. Um, there are some things that I'm like, man, looking back, they didn't age as well as I would like them to, because I went back and watched season one. Um, it's still phenomenal. Still a must-watch in my opinion, but 5.4 for that. Season two stumbled a little bit in my opinion from the first season i don't think it's bad by any stretch of the imagination but uh that one's sitting at a five for me it did some interesting stuff it it pushed the narrative along i think what it did more than like um sort of the the overarching story i think the characters began to develop more and more in that one which uh, was important because obviously like that's a big draw to what we have now it's not always like the villain that we're they're we're looking for or any of that. It's really like these characters and their lives. Um and so still a must-watch. Season three is where I think they really start. Oh man, friends. I feel the opposite. That's interesting. Season three to me is good, not great. Um oh, gosh. The yeah, whole couldn't,
0: couldn't disagree more. The
2: the whole like and I these are my favorite characters out of all of them, but the whole like mall crew, um, I felt like they they had a lot they could have done with that. And they just sort of like uh, dropped the ball a little bit and fumbled with them. They 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 furthered their character arcs and they furthered their stories, but ultimately, like the the Starcourt stuff, just I don't know, fell sort of flat for me. Um, and then season four, as you know, is a six out of six. It's brilliant. It's phenomenal.
0: Don't respond to that, Jared. So I. I my rating would be six out of six for season one. Six out of six right now for season four, volume one. Obviously, I agree with Robbie. That can change with two episodes, which is such a unique decision by Netflix in and of itself. To do this, that's a separate conversation, though.
1: Can I? I just think, honestly, right now, it's the MCU's like sit like television universe has made me very worried for finales for some reason because they've been fumbling them and i know this is completely different this is netflix and no no, i get what you're saying yeah but like that Mm -hmm. that just makes me feel like you can ruin an entire season and game of Thrones is another one yeah you can ruin an entire
0: season with one or two episodes i mean some Um, people with lost some people with breaking bad i mean a lot of i loved both of the endings for breaking bad and lost but a lot of people didn't like those endings dexter dexter another great example i think a season finale can ruin an entire buildup. So I totally understand the sentiment, Robbie. I guess for me, I Jared, I'm a pushback on season three. I really thought season three artistically and visually really was the it, I still would hold actually visually it might be the best season still. I'm not a big horror guy, so I know that might be really, really sacrilegious to the season four lovers right now. I just loved what they did with the mall court. I really kind of have the complete opposite reaction. We don't have to debate that today. But I'd give that a six out of six. But I completely agree about season two. I'd give season two a four is how I'd look at it. But I look at that as kind of the filler. I think the Duffer brothers didn't know in season two how to respond. I think season three and season four, And I, I would rank after that. I'd go season right now. It'd be four, one, three, two would be my order. So I'd rank it a six. But I still would say that season one is better just because it's such a I mean that was such a unique season. No you Are you sure you haven't had anything to drink? <laughs> I love that. Are you positive? No bevies tonight. That's that's my opinion on it. You're being it. Yeah. ridiculous, right You be- now. I'm sorry, Robbie. I'm sorry. Robbie, go ahead and rank me. Yeah. Correct me, Robbie. Yeah, Finish teach it. him.
1: <laughs> I'm the I'm the, I have the exact same order as Jarrett. It goes okay, maybe no, not exact same. Uh it goes season one, four, two, three. Three like Talk about filler. Three is filler. Like, three is just so we get the mind flare,
0: Like, that's all three is. This, this is supposed to be a recap of season four, not a debate season three. <laughs> well, that's what this... <laughs> it's <this is, you laughs> call <laughs> called It's six.
1: Become? Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. No, yeah. I feel you. no, no. Season three is the filler because it gets you the, the main boss that's probably going to be season five's main yeah, boss. Yeah,
0: I don't agree. And it gives you the Max and Billy story, which... I like the Max and Billy story a lot. I, I think and I think we needed Max's story this season. Oh
1: yeah. Oh you get you get a Max, though so now you like people named Max, but you won't watch Mad Max. Okay, I get it. Oh, okay. We pick a, and choose. I set up. I see, I just want I you see to what be, we're doing. Can here. you just be consistent? Yeah.
0: Six setup um, there, guys. Six setup. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> this Max yeah. is a girl, no, so grow up.
1: Season season one is incredible. Like I think I'm I'm huge on introductions of characters, so like Fellowship of the Ring for Lord of the Rings is like one of my favorite movies same with sure. like all the Star Wars like the first time you give me characters and I'm like first immersed into that world I will remember that and I hold on to that so season one's my number one four so far is doing really well I really hope they can tie it together uh, two is just an extension of season one um, that's why it's I can't put it that's below fair. anything that's why three three I would say is a filler because three felt like they went it felt like they tried to go really, really big, but maybe pre- prematurely. Does that make a little? Does I, that make sense? I feel you. I'm with you. Because they, they 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 you they clearly put more money into season three, but I think it lost a little bit of the heart that season one and two had.
0: That's fine. I get what you're saying. Let's talk about this season now. Let's, let's really d- dive into season four. It took us 23 minutes on the recording. We'll Love that. 16 to 36 years. minutes if you're on Patreon. We will definitely, <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely need to put timestamps on this one. Um, before we start in the review, did we feel like the age of the cast played a part in this? A lot of these kids look way older. Did we feel like this hurt the story?
2: I think it helped. Right, like, especially with um, Lucas's character, I think it I think it enhanced what's going on here.
0: Like, I really Yeah, do. I, I actually agree, too, but Charlie Heaton looks like a 30-year-old.
2: Yeah, <laughs> okay,
0: fair enough. I mean, Charlie Heaton looks like he should be, I mean, he already looks like he should be playing the Joker in the next Batman <laughs> movie, but, like... I mean, but Charlie Heaton's looked old since they started. Sure, I mean, but for... He just looks...
1: That kid looks like... He, that guy looks like he's been smoking, like, six or a, a pack of cigs a day since he was three.
0: But, I mean, Sadie Sink is 20, and we're supposed to believe she's playing a ninth grader? I, I'm just like... I, I'm, I'm just, shocked that she's 20, so, like, I... I that, I, I would never have guessed
1: that. No, I would have never guessed she's 20. I would have said she's, like, 14.
0: And for me, I, I, I don't think it enhanced it, Jared. I wouldn't say that, but it was noticeable at times. It wasn't enough to take me out of the whole experience and be like, oh, this was a really... Not I didn't enjoy myself. I do wonder if next season it's going to hurt it. But it's just a question I had. Let's talk about uh, this show. Let's let's dive into a couple different things here. We're going to categorize people. So usually when we do a review, we have categorized individuals. There's so many individuals in this one that I feel like we really have to categorize them in groups. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the Russian group. We're going to do the California crew. And then we're going to do the Hawkins gang. And there's a lot of people to talk about specifically in the Hawkins gang. And then obviously 11 will be the fourth, the fourth pillar. We will go to 11 last because I think she had to carry the most weight. And I know that Vecna kind of crosses over between Hawkins and 11. So we will discuss those things. But let's start with the Russian arc. Let's start with Hopper's reveal. Did you like the reveal that the basically the way he made it to Russia was he just fell off the ledge or did you feel like that was lazy storytelling? Because that's the there's two things that I would maybe go. This is a problem potentially, and that would be one of them. Him just falling over and them not seeing him. That kind of bothered me a little bit. But I know that Joyce and Murray needed to get out of the situation. Did you feel like that was lazy writing or was like, whatever? This was the worst to me. This
2: is like of the sins that are unforgivable. This is the one because like we watched if you go back and watch season three, we watched everybody in that room get vaporized, like literally turned into ash immediately. And we're supposed to believe that, like when the explosion happened, he just sort of fell over and nobody saw him like uh, it's
0: hard. sell. to me, it's not egregious to say I can't give it a six. But I, I did feel like it was a hair lazy
1: I just Jared just called it the worst sins of all time. But then give the season a six. I was just going to
0: say the same thing. I wouldn't call it that I'm just, <laughs> of, of this I'm series. Of like, this is one of the worst sins. I just think it, it was really lazy. There were way better ways to do it. And it's it's one of the few problems I have, but that, but that's that. Robbie, what did you think of Hopper in Russia? Talk about your perspective with him, Yuri, the other guards. Did you like that storyline? This is one storyline that the critics are kind of calling a drag air quotes I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a drag it's
1: I think it's curious it's it's not necessarily it's not like you need it but it's an interesting story um and and I assume that something's going to come into play with like the demogorgon that they have and the russians are like the the russians have to get involved again somehow right because like if they don't why are we doing this like why didn't hopper just die like why are we diminishing like his death in season three just just so joyce can have something to do like it i'm enjoying the story i i don't know where it's going i guess and, and we may not know so season five so i'm i like it as its own little side thing i don't mind when we go there because i think it's very suspenseful still watching hopper like and all of them go through these different things. Yuri was hilarious.
0: Yuri was um, brilliant.
1: So I, I've, I've liked all the characters and I like the little, the you know, them having to fight the Demogorgon and all that. I think that's interesting. I I just don't know where's the direction. Where's it going? That's what that's I was what on I the
0: edge know. of my seat to the Demogorgon fight that they were going to have with the Russians. I totally knew it was coming. We'd seen it in trailers and I was eating it up. The buildup to this fight was absolutely brilliant in my perspective. And the storytelling with Hopper, yes, should he have been limping as well? This is the other area I was going to oh, say, yeah. Jared, in the show. He should have been limping after he broke his legs and he's making the run out round his to Russia. His right? was falling off. Right. He should have been limping, but he wasn't. And I-, I can let those two things go because this whole journey is Hopper having to rebuild himself as a person for what will be this huge showdown in season five. They clearly will need him. To move forward the arc in season five, whether that's him and the Russians, him, Murray, and uh, Winona Ryder's character, Joyce. I, I just know that Hopper will play a quintessential piece of the puzzle in season five. So I really enjoyed personally watching this rebuild. This the Dark Knight Rises, Robbie, is kind of how I envisioned this story arc a little bit where Bruce Wayne has to climb out of the pit and the only way out is up. And the only way out for him was through this demigorgon. And obviously, Joyce and Murray saved him. But that was the only way out. And I really appreciated that. And I, I appreciated David Harbour. This might be his best acted season. And it was his least amount of time in front of the camera. And I really enjoyed him a lot. So would you you think? Like of a
1: hellboy. Him?
0: Well, dude. Yeah, for sure. What about Murray? Is this guy not uh, you? You referenced Yuri Murray to me. Might be the funniest character in the whole show. And he does end up using his karate to beat up Russians. Just wild.
1: <laughs> Which is what I, I I thought that was ridiculous, to be honest. The guy's a black belt and he's fighting like the KGB basically And he's just taking, like, six Russians out. Like,
0: uh, uh. You're being really critical for a guy that gave it a 5.5. I think it was brilliant.
1: Well, that's the reason I gave it a (laughs) 5.5. I'm not Jared over here saying it's the biggest sin of all time and giving it a 6.
0: Nobody said biggest sin of all time. Chill out. It's perfect, guys, but this is the biggest sin I've ever seen in the history of sins. This is the
1: biggest (laughs) cinematic sin Ever
0: six out of six, please. <laughs> that is exactly what Jared did today. <laughs> that is exactly what Jared did today. Go back and play That's the tape. Brilliant. Play the tape, boys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked Murray, man. I thought Murray was hilarious. I thought Joyce. I, I thought Joyce kind of got the shaft in regards to a character, but I didn't need Joyce to do anything this season. She had to do a ton of heavy lifting the first uh, the yeah. first two seasons with Will. I I think she, I was okay with her taking a little bit of a backseat, and I think where she picks up. Will be when her and David Harbor's Hopper Are together these last two episodes I think that's where She's going to get a way bigger arc And allow more to do For me the Russian story arc was a 6 out of 6 I really enjoyed it Yes David Harbor's feet Could have been better Yes yeah, Jared I agree it was, His okay. feet should have been falling off And yes he could have he He could have had a better way to get to Russia But I didn't care I didn't care, and I think the, everything else made all that okay. And to me, that is great storytelling. Let's head over to the California crew, where we get introduced to Argyle, who I believe is the second funniest character of this season. The Stoner Man, the Stoner. Great I edition. I loved this edition. Jerry, you're, yeah. you're shaking your head. Tell me more. I love Argyle, but Eddie's in this season. So and you're a like, big Eddie fan. I'm all in. See, I don't know, man. Argyle looking at Murray and saying that the risotto slaps, shla- sh- <laughs> yeah. I was just like, <laughs> that's just it's so good. It's brilliant. I really, really liked Argyle. I, re- I really thought Argyle was a great ed Jonathan Byers as a character is so melancholy and dark and just doom and gloom. It's, and uh, for him can't. to have a character that provides levity was incredibly difficult. I felt like it made his character better But also let the guy live a little bit In the context of a very stressful Four seasons of show I mean that guy has been through the meat grinder Just as much as his brother has So um I really liked Argyle Robbie did you like Argyle I loved Argyle I might name my next kid Argyle <laughs> Fantastic That's a great name Guys, That's awesome. a great dog name I,
1: that's, a, that's a good dog name I love that like Jonathan noticed that like Argyle was like off of his weed a little bit. And it was like, go to the van and relax. He's like, Yeah, I should go to the van and relax. Because he was like, he was like experiencing the real world for a little bit there. And he's like, Go smoke some weed, my guy. And then he's
0: fine. He's go get fine. blitzed out. You'll be good. Go I get, like when yeah, he met spirit. Eden. He met the girl Eden. Oh and my and gosh. They go to the back and I'm kind of it's expecting so them making out. He's they're just, not even making out, they're just sitting there looking up at the ceiling, smoking yeah. pot. Just hitting those giggle sticks. Yeah.
1: Oh, and then he then when she walks away and he walks away, and when they're on the stairs and he's like, I do anything. That was brilliant. That was
0: brilliant. Yeah. (laughs) He was great. Argyle was such a breath of fresh air. Argyle
1: is what Jonathan needs because Jonathan now, like, after all the Nancy stuff, like, is Jonathan's. Is it blasphemous to say, like, I don't really care what Jonathan's doing anymore?
0: Oh, Jonathan's toast. Nancy's not going to be with him at the end of this. No,
1: he's not. But like, I don't give Mm -mm. a crap what Jonathan does anymore. Jonathan's just there. Like, he's not interesting anymore. Like, if his story arc isn't like the boy that nobody likes, then he's just a guy.
0: I don't know. Do you think the writers realized after season two when they got Jonathan with Nancy that hey, we probably made a mistake because Steve really is a, a fan favorite character, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But well, like, well, it's because Steve's
1: story arc has hes Redemption. improved. Yeah, he, it's been—it's been—it's been amazing. Like, I love Steve now. Everyone hated Steve, but everyone loves Steve now. But that's why I love Steve so much because they hated him. Yeah, yeah. But Jonathan, everyone just kind of felt bad for, and then like, oh, Jonathan got the girl, and then it was like, oh, Jonathan's still very depressed.
0: Of, <laughs> yeah, Jonathan's still kind of a nothing. i think jonathan's role this season really continues to be following over watching over will and watching over 11 and i think the stress of that pushed him towards drugs and i think the stress of having to constantly be the dad that he never had has pushed him into this and argyle is this person that pulls him back to air quotes reality in the sense of like he's like look dude like you're a kid chill out smoke some pot yeah like dude chill wild have some pizza and I think that – I agree with you, Robbie. This is exactly what Jonathan needed. I think Jonathan would have been incredibly frustrating to watch without Argyle to balance him out. And I, I really wish I, – I hope maybe maybe I'll say – I guess I said we haven't seen the end of the season. It would be great if, if Jonathan leaned more into the weed and went more numb. And if next season, say, Nancy does break up with him and we'll talk about her in a bit, I think that would be tremendous to see him go through that and then – Pull himself out of that Into finding himself Be a better character And it's like I don't need Nancy To be the character I'm supposed to be I like that I don't even need to Take care of Will To be who I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to do What I'm called to do Which and I'm sure By season five They could have that Built up with this group
1: You think they kill Argon Jonathan, Jonathan are
0: great. Say it again
1: You think they kill Jonathan
0: No I think they're Killing Steve But I'll talk about that In a bit <gasps> Please no Cause I think I think the people Will go bananas If they kill Steve And I think that's <gasps> What they're gonna do and I think Nancy's gonna have to live with that. You just broke me. So I'm just s- saying, dude. I got a couple of big predictions. That's one of them. I'm gonna throw my um, I think someone's gonna die, floor. but
1: I didn't I didn't think it was gonna be Steve. Oh, for I think sure someone someone on our team is yeah, dying. Yeah, yeah.
0: No question about that. It's really just a matter of is it Steve or Jonathan. I think it's Will. I think it's Will too. Oh gosh, it could well I'm I'm gonna talk about Will. I got actually a different theory on Will. I got a different theory on Will. Let's talk about let's talk about Will. So so this let let me talk about what Jared and I alluded to uh, in the non spoiler segment. So there's been a huge arc going around and question about Will's sexuality. And in this season, Mike obviously comes to visit Eleven and Will is visibly distraught throughout the first three episodes. He's distraught not just watching Eleven stumble as a teenager, but he's also distraught watching Mike and Eleven have a romantic relationship. And I think the writers have been smoothly using previous lines, like when Will was called gay by Mike in season one, to or season two, excuse me, to really set up, and you guys clearly have a theory of like, hey, he's going to die, and that's really going to be frustrating for everybody. So someone, on, uh, someone found out, uh, or somebody referenced, excuse me, on the internet, I, I forget the exact source, so I'm not going to reference this specific person, but... In season two, Joyce Byers looks at Will and says, do you know what uh, March 22nd is? And it's when he's possessed by the mind flayer and he goes, no. And she goes, it's your birthday. And if you watch on the camcorder recording of episode two, when Elle is being bullied by that group, you can see it's March 22nd. Will Byers is not upset. That he's in love with Mike. He's upset that they all collectively, Jonathan, Joyce, L, Mike, they all forgot his birthday. And Joyce like left the country. So I think I think if my my belief is this is going to set up Vecna dying at the end of season five. And then Will will once again will be revealed to be the big bad in the sense of season five will be he will have some form of I'm going back to the upside down. These people don't care about me. I'm done with them and he'll get corrupted. But this time he'll voluntarily go back closing that arc. And then next season 11 will have to, in my opinion, have a fight with Will, her friend, and have to make the choice of do I kill my brother to save everybody or not? Because I think, I think Vecna could be yeah. the big bad, but I think it would be really, really interesting to watch him die and then go, okay, now what's season five supposed to be like?
1: Well, we know Vecna's not the big, the big big bad. He's a general. I think they, exactly. They That's what clear. they said.
0: So there is a big, big bad. It's You said it's the mind flayer. Talk to me about what your theory is about his death here, Jared. Tell me more because you and Robbie kind of had the same theory here. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Jared, around Will? So
2: I think they're trying to pull pull us in that direction and it's for all the reasons that you stated, right? Like they're building this up with him where he is really being introspective about his friendship with everybody and trying to figure out like where he stands. And his conversation with Mike is really telling about this. And I think that because he was so key to every first part of you know, the series and, and really kicked off everything that Stranger Things is, um, I think if you remove him from the board, right the stakes get that much higher for everybody else like now this is not just a battle of we're tired of fighting these things from the other side blah 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 now it's like you've took a, you've taken so much from us you took barbara you took all these characters throughout the series you took and so i think he is the final straw where it's like no we're taking the fight to the upside down we're tired of losing people we're tired of waiting and responding now it's our turn to go on the offensive
0: I think I I think that's the plan for season five. Regardless, Jared, I just don't know who that person is. I think that's more likely for me to be Steve. But go ahead, Robbie. I
1: I think I think it's a combination of both of what you're talking about. I think Vecna is going to use how Will is feeling to affect the group as a whole. I think Vecna could do one of his little or Vecna or the mind Flayer could take over Will and like. He can describe to them like you didn't remember my birthday, like I was this piece yeah. that you saved, and now I'm nothing to all of you. And then use Will either to kill him or like just to make everyone feel guilty. Because how does Vecna work? Vecna works on trauma, right? So now if he can make every single one every single person in the group have trauma, Vecna can now Freddy Krueger everybody. Like, like everyone That's already has. That's a ha- really
0: great point, I know Robbie. everyone already Robbie, has. Robbie, that trauma, is a, a tremendous point, Robbie.
1: Everyone already has trauma, obviously, but like he's like Vecna needs like direct bang- point. Sure. You can't stop thinking about it. Trauma, and if he takes Will and like reminds them what Will was, and takes Will from them, I think that can cause that can kind of big tremor in the friend group.
0: I think, too, there's a very real chance that every that every group experiences some loss. So by that, I yeah. mean, we could see Steve die. We could see Will die and we could see like Murray die. <gasps> I, I think that's kind of where I could see things going. Murray jumps in front of Hopper as the Russians are shooting or as a Demi Gorgon's about to eat him. Will Will has this issue and then Steve dies. And then, Robbie, you're nailing it. You you create a collective trauma. Now Vecna can strike and I want to talk a little bit more about what I think will happen to the group in Hawkins, too. I think there's another thing that they're setting up on the board right now. So we'll talk about that in a minute. I
2: want to can I can I mention something real quick? And we don't have to spend any amount of time on it, but
1: there's so much to talk about.
2: <laughs> I know there there was there was a conversation going around. I can't remember who I saw it from on Twitter where they talked about um, sort of a metaphor between the possessions that Vecna does or the curse of Vecna and people who experience thoughts of suicide. And I thought that was a really interesting conversation and something to speak of like, one of the best things you can do to prevent this is to invest in the people around you and pay attention to this stuff. And I thought that was really cool. I don't know if that was intentional by the Duffer brothers, but it did feel like maybe a through line to connect those two things.
1: I mean I think that, that speaks to kind of what's going on with Max where they were like you need to talk to somebody. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I think mean that makes a lot of sense. Like if they like actually talk to each other and that could that could even feed into the Will stuff. Like Will isn't talking to anyone. No one's talking to Will. Like there's there's a lot of this where like they're they're a friend group, a connected friend group, but they're disconnected and they're not talking to each other and they all have this collective trauma that Vecna is obviously going to exploit. Uh, probably in these next two episodes. There's so much to talk about.
0: I love that theory, Robbie. I love the collective trauma, and then he can attack them all through. I think that's a great theory, Robbie. Uh, Mike and L. this this relationship continues to grow, but then it stalls with the fight they have before L leaves. Mike kind of felt the most sidelined, to be honest, and I am including Will and, and Joyce in that. I think Mike... His role was just to lead the group to the next thing this season. He'll do more of the heavy lifting down the stretch. I don't think there's much to say there. Do we want to talk about Hawkins or do we want to talk about Eleven and Vecna? What do we want to talk about? Let's go Hawkins first. So Hawkins, there's a lot to talk about. So with Hawkins, we see obviously Lucas step into a role as a basketball player, makes the game-winning shot in the championship. By the way, Jarrett, I had to think that you loved – the editing of the D&D game. Oh, that was phenomenal. Finishing with the basketball championship. <laughs> That's one of the best five minute sequences I've seen in a long Me time. Too. And I really I also liked that it was Lucas and his sister both right. making the game winning shot per se. I thought that was really well edited. And I thought, again, this is why I talk about personality wise. There are people who are like, I'm not I'm not sport guy. But I think you can relate you can to that it. moment of playing a board game right. with your buddies and, and landing that shot. I thought that was really well done. And so we watched Lucas do that. We see Dustin obviously is working with Mike, but he's frustrated that Lucas is playing basketball. So he has to gravitate back towards Steve, him and him and. Uh, Oh, forgive me. I forgot her name. Greatest also. duo of all time, Robin, by the way. Steven, which they, we didn't get enough of them together. Like, it feels like they get muddled with other people around them. I would like just a Steven Dustin episode. If I could get just one of those. that I would could be have a amazing. way. I, I could have a one shot of just those two just hanging out. And I would
1: love every single minute of it. Hey, guys, Jared here. I have a little confession to make.
2: I cannot stop drinking coffee. If you've been around us long enough, you'd already know my little habit of making a pot of coffee at 7 p.m. each and every time I prepare to stream or appear on the podcast. Up until last year, I paid penance for this dark deed by punishing myself with store-bought value brand coffee. And trust me, guys, I suffered. All that changed the day I discovered Many Worlds Tavern, though. Many Worlds Tavern is an online coffee company that prides itself on being the best coffee a person could bring to game nights. I'm not just saying this, go back and watch our Twitch VODs. When it came time for me to grind my way through Dark Souls 3, the only thing keeping me energized and ready to take down the Nameless King for the 73rd time was some French Press Great Old One. I like my coffee like I like my video games, dark, rich, and full of flavor. Great Old One did that for me. Mini Worlds Tavern is more than just your run-of-the-mill coffee company, though. They give back a dollar of every bag they sell to gaming-related charities. That's insane considering they're already funding the bill for ethically sourced, fair trade and sustainable coffee. On top of that, at its heart, MiniWorld's Worlds Tavern is coffee for gamers. Each and every month they offer a special blend unique to that month known as their treasured realm. These are fantastic coffee blends paired with special RPG-related bonuses, such as magic items you can slot into your D&D campaign. If this sounds like your cup of tea, or well, I suppose coffee, you can find this and so much more at manyworldstavern.com slash TheInfinityBros, or use code TheInfinityBros, all one word, at checkout. And now, back to your regularly scheduled shenanigans.
0: Nancy obviously has a reporting job with the school newspaper, but her friend dies as well as the cheerleader who is friends with Eddie, who Jarrett, you referenced earlier, Eddie, the newest character, the lead of the Hellfire Club, the Dungeons and Dragons group. For those that don't know about our podcast, Jarrett is our D&D master. We have had a, had a tough time, I think as a group doing it, but we just love talking about it still. And I know Jarrett is very passionate on this subject. Jarrett, Was Eddie what you wanted him to be? Because I I would assume you had high expectations to how this character should act in the context of D&D. Like, how did he perform as a character for you?
2: I do, if nothing else, because I want that dope setup that he has. With the minis and his whole layer that he's got built there. Absolutely. Sure.
0: Yeah, right. 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 right.
2: Eddie, Eddie, to me, is like... I don't know how to explain this. So... One of the things that I like about D&D, and especially when I run it with my students in my club, is, like, it is sort of an escapism thing that people do. A way to conquer, like, metaphorical demons and give you power to conquer real ones in your life, right? Like, people feel excited about accomplishments all across the board, whether they mean something or not. Like, ultimately, most trophies don't Mm. mean anything. But it's the stories and the camaraderie and the stuff you build along the way, which is why that, like... That sports scene, you know, him making the game winning shot paralleled so well with DD. because people from the opposite camp can understand what those feelings are like, whether you're somebody who's really into sports or somebody who really is into D&D or video games or whatever your escape is. And so his character I really enjoyed because um, I related to a lot of the same stuff as him. And I grew up around a lot of people who were like that as well. Like I, I grew up in a trailer park for a time. A lot of my friends lived with Uh, relatives rather than a parent at home and were single, you know, I, I I really enjoyed his character and not just like from a story perspective, but I thought he was incredibly charming. Like his
0: addition to this was, yeah, I think he, he at first to me seemed like a huge jerk. Yeah. And I believe that was very intentional in their writing was to give him that. But as it went on and obviously he witnesses the very first murder and we will talk about the horror element when we get to the vecna part of this review. When he witnesses that that's when his character truly comes to be in my opinion and when you realize that separate one you you see him he's actually a very soft character. He when he got with the cheerleader initially I was kind of expecting him to just like try to sleep with her. Yet what he wanted to do was smoke weed and get to know her really? and, and build a deeper I didn't get that at all. I got that vibe. I just did. That's just what I got. And whatever. That, but the point I mean is he zigged when I thought he was going to zag. And I really appreciate that in a show and a character. And to watch him go on the run and essentially become softer as a character when at the very first episode of the season, he was kind of really mean to Mike and Dustin. He was glad they were in it. And he was, you know... He Felt obligated to take care of them because they were losers, air quotes. But he was visibly annoyed of them to see at the end of the season him really depend on them and the rest of the gang at Hawkins was incredibly impressive. And Jared, we talked about this with DD too. Historically, DD has had a visceral reaction from suburban communities like I love, this. I love,
2: yeah, their, their whole like
0: the way they approach the
2: satanic panic and the conversation around DD and like. Uh, I deal with this stuff all the time. You know, I I'm very active in my church. Um, you know, I, I am a Christian and I have to constantly explain to people that like, listen, this there's a perception about these things and some of the hobbies that we enjoy that just simply aren't true or like they may be true for individuals, but as a whole, like these are better things than they might be portrayed as. And so that whole the way they address the stigma in this, I,
0: I loved that. I totally understood that. And the dichotomy with the basketball team too. Like I really think that was a great like tension. And if you watch Stranger Things, are you saying you feel that tension if you relate to those kids is like, oh, the jocks hated us and bullied us? Go ahead, Robbie.
1: Are you saying that D D is not
0: a demonic cult?
1: It's weird as it sounds, it's not though. Are you saying that it does not lead to demonic possession which distorts a human body and sacrifices them?
0: Did Jared just freeze again? He totally did just freeze again. That's brilliant.
1: I think we knew the we know the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness gracious! Yeah, you're you're gonna have a bad you're gonna have a bad time. I'm sorry.
0: So, Jared, I did agree though with you. I think the use of the what was the phrase you used? The 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 satanic panic. The satanic panic. I love that. Yeah, I didn't know that was what it was called. But I thought it was a great use of the historical moment that was not only a very real thing, but is in some senses being talked about still. Here's kind of the theory I've got running too. I think that the Hawkins kids are all going to get run out of the city after this. I think this is probably one of the last times we see Hawkins as a safe place for our characters this season. I think next season will be them all on the run because I think the basketball players are going to have a vendetta for Lucas. I think Lucas will have to turn heel on them. And I bet 11 comes back and does something to the basketball guys. And that head basketball player is going to get the town to go against them. So without Hopper being a cop, this town just doesn't function. And that's probably what Hopper's role in season five will have to be to get them locked in because they're the ep- at the epicenter of what the upside down can do so that's kind of my thoughts around that um unless you guys had differing opinions I know Robbie's itching to get to vecna so we gotta we gotta stop start talking about vecna here um a couple other things about the, the the group uh Steve and Nancy I made a joke earlier about it do we think that Steve will end up with Nancy at the end of the season or will one of them die I think Steve will die you know when you mentioned
1: Steve dying I like Didn't even want to think of it as a possibility, but it's it's very likely because they they've done this whole redemption arc. They're doing this whole thing with him and Nancy. He keeps like throwing himself into danger for everyone. I think there's a solid chance that Steve dies. I just don't like the reality of that.
0: It would make the story way better. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Eddie dying.
1: Would what, it make it better? Well, maybe they should just kill the villain. Everything will be happy. It'll be like a Marvel movie. <laughs> why, don't they just, yeah. why don't they just kill the villain and maybe like Steve like like has a limp or something? Do
0: you think Robin is going to end up with somebody by the end of this show too? Or do you think it's just going to continue to play the whole, oh, I'm a goofy lesbian woman. I can't talk to girls, blah, 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 blah. Like, do you think that's the, the route they're going with this character or? I think they've done The thing where
2: like They're talking about How she's built up Her confidence Because if you remember There's that scene Where they jump out Of the boat Yeah And Eddie has that Conversation He's like All the girls Jumped in before I did
0: Like I think she I think she could She's a lot of fun To to watch too And she did a great job In episode four When they went To the asylum I thought her scene talking to the warden was just hilarious, that was hilarious. and brilliant.
2: That was so off-kilter. I and she
0: does it. run weird. I like that they made the joke, but like she, like she, they had to have written that in after watching her run. She does legitimately run weird. That is really At least they addressed it. <laughs> gonna, it's not like they never addressed it in a Tom Cruise movie. They never addressed right. it in any Tom Cruise movie. You <laughs> need to get on that. All right, Robbie, let's talk about Vecna, the season for volume one, probably volume two villain. We come to find out that this is the original number one of the loony bin, as I'll call it, (laughs) that that uh, that is established in this. And he's also the son of Victor Creel, who we haven't even talked about him yet either. In Victor Creel's family, it all connects, it all connects, which I thought personally did not see that coming, did not see him being Victor Creel's son at all. I saw him being number one probably around episode six, but I did not see him being Victor Creel's son. I thought that was incredibly well written. And Martin Brenner essentially is the reason all of this is happening, right? Like Martin Brenner is the reason that we have an upside down and that 11 did this. And we see the massacre at the beginning of the season. And Robbie, you had texted our group. Hey, this is crazy that after what happened in Uvalde, Uvalde, that they are releasing that this week. And I thought the same thing, Robbie. I thought gutsy by Netflix to not say hey, we're going to wait a week because of this opening scene that they did. They released that eight minutes earlier. They they like put that online, Robbie. Like, I think that's why they did it anyway, because it had already been well, out there. And they did put a warning at the beginning of
1: the season. But man, that was, was jarring. It was tough. It was tough to watch that right away. Agreed. Cause you have, you know, what happened last week in your mind, and then you see, you know, there's no better term, a, a bunch of dead kids, and they were not like, they were gruesome with it, like they showed you dead kids, like, like, and it was, it was pretty jarring to watch. Um, no, I thought, I really thought after watching, it,
0: like this, m- they maybe could have pushed this a week, and, like, and they painted like, eleven. As a villain right out the gate. And I totally bought it. Oh, 100%. Which is part of what makes this season so great is they really bamboozled me a couple times. And this is one of them. And I really appreciated one because Eleven has this internal dialogue and we'll get to her in a moment. But her and Vecna are kind of together in this. We got to talk about them synonymously. (coughs) She says, "Am I a monster or a superhero?" And some people are like, "Well, it's not as it's it's not black and white." It's like, "No, no, it is black and white in this case." Personally, for me, as I watch this, I'm like, "It is black and white." She either's a hero. Iron
1: Man's a super. uh, Iron Man's a villain, and Captain America's a superhero.
0: (laughs) There you go. Exactly. Unhinged. So I think just for me, I really, really loved not only that they played that at the beginning, but then to turn around and find out that Eleven single-handedly defeated Vecna, who was probably going to do to our world what he's done to the upside down already. Thought was really cool. Jarrett, talk about Vecna for you, the horror of him killing these adolescent kids, in essentially an homage to Freddy Krueger and the the movie where the girl gets dragged to the top of the ceiling. But it's worse than that. It's they're they're breaking bones, jaws, Eyes are popping out. I mean, I could not believe what I was watching at the end of episode one. Popping in. Popping in. Forgive me. Yeah.
2: This was like, okay. so so this was the sort of horror that I didn't expect from this series. Obviously, we've gotten some level of like body horror and stuff, but it's always been a little soft played. And this was this like the the first episode. Everybody could tell like this is something completely different. And they did not pull a single punch. And the fact that they kept doing it right, like they they continued and continued. And obviously, like we saw all the gore from uh, the scene that we just talked about with Eleven, where they thought that she had done all this to the other experiments like. This is not what I expected from Netflix, but they pulled it out and it really like it drives home the gravity of what's going on here. Like, this is scary. (laughs) Um, And I think. Where this lands, where something like Doctor Strange doesn't, is the horror is not part of the joke. If that makes sense, like it's in juxtaposition to, and so it's even more jarring because you have these sweet and light-hearted moments, and then you also have like some of the most gruesome and graphic things we've seen on television. And so, yeah, props
0: to them for pulling this off. That was wild to me. Rob, you want to talk about the horror real quick before we talk about Max?
1: Well, I think kind of what to piggyback off of jared here a little bit they were not afraid to go okay when we started season one it's pg-13 and those kids that were watching this they're now 18 to 20 years old and we are not gonna go back to pg-13 we are growing with these kids we're growing with this group like the hawkins crew everyone that's growing and we're running with them and like it gets more and more serious and we can they can get more and more serious this is not a show I think I would have a 13 year old watch. Like, you know, like I can't have this on in the background with my kids in the room. Like this is a show I watch late at night and you like parents should be very careful. And they watch this late at night or with our like juniors and seniors, maybe kind of thing. But like this show was not scared to grow with its audience. And I think they did a, a really, really good job doing that. I, the horror hit deep. But it wasn't like Jared was saying in the way that like Doctor Strange did it. It's like horror happens and then there's a funny joke. No, it's like yeah. there's horror and it's it's freaking real. Like, <laughs> and you got to kind of you got to deal with it because now all these kids have all this. We spoke about trauma a little bit. They all have like they're all gaining more and more trauma by seeing their friends be distorted in such a way.
0: We also get this buildup, which was masterfully done in the first half of the season to Max being the next victim. She's the third victim. We watched the first two get absolutely not only killed, but haunted, Mm -hmm. taunted along the way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Robbie's humming it. I mean, running up that hill Mm -hmm. is now number one on the iTunes charts. And I don't think it's going anywhere for the next week. And I bet it's coming back in July 1st. And I bet you dollars to donuts. One of two things is going to happen. One, either if they're editing right now, episodes eight and nine, That song's coming back at some point in in those two episodes because of what's happened. Or season five is going to have that song in its trailer. You can just go ahead and I feel like that's a safe bet on one of those two things. That's the most popular song from this whole series so far. Yeah. I digress. The Max scene really encompasses what this show is all about to me. A big trope that TV shows and movies do that's really frustrating sometimes is the power of friendship has saved me. And they play this up, but they do it in not just a in not a cheesy way, but they do it in a way that builds on the character that is experiencing it. It was you knew what was coming to her if she were to die at the hands of this. And you knew that our other three characters were going to have to watch it. Robbie, you've talked about this. Which I agree completely. That's another set of horror. It's not just the horror of what's happening to the person, but the people experiencing it with them. And they couldn't save them. There was nothing they could do. Then you add to in... the Duffer
2: brothers, yeah. To their credit, too, like, I don't know if you get, this was the case with you guys, but there was a good moment there where I was like, they might do this. Oh, I... I like,
0: Jared, they you, you, you took my last hearted. point, Jared, right out of my mouth. Yeah. What made that scene amazing, obviously the music, obviously the visuals, obviously Vecna terrifying, blah, 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 blah. You did not know the outcome. When they paused to black for that two seconds, you're like, what's going to happen? Is she going to... I thought the episode ended and I was kind of upset. Well, and you don't know. Is this an <laughs> homage to her? You were like, is this an homage to the character? Are we saying goodbye right. to Max? Or is she going to be saved by her friends? And Jared to speak on the depression, suicidal analogy that I do think the Duffer brothers were leaning into of... be When you are in community, you have stronger bonds and less likelihood of experiencing this. I do think that was the message they were sending. And I think today in the current, I'll call it an epidemic in the context of depression with adolescents. We work with adolescents, all three of us. I think I feel safe in saying that. I think I can say this is a great, great metaphor for that. And I really hope adolescents are catching that message when this is displayed. Uh, what did you think of the scene, Robbie, with Max? I mean, obviously, they they
1: really like they hit the visuals on the head. They hit the audio and then they they hit that. You didn't know what was going to happen. And you're just you're just waiting because like it cuts to black. And you're like, is the episode over? Like and, and this like this this whole season throws you off because the episodes are so long. You're not really sure when the episodes are going to end because you're just you're watching a movie essentially You're watching seven episode. movies. Yeah. Like you're watching four seasons of Marvel like sure. Shows. Sure. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it's just insane. And like and I, I don't think I would have been shocked if she would have been dead because they're no. they're also not afraid to pull that punch or you know send that punch I guess that's the wrong analogy um I I don't know if Max is safe I'll, I'll say that still I wow. think there's still a chance that Max like Vecna could still get Max because now they're you know they keep reminding her like headphones you know and they're like constantly making sure like she's still like ready because as soon as she lets her guard down Vecna's is going to be right there
0: let's get and back to Vecna let's get back to Vecna here then Robbie. Vecna has to make a big move against Eleven to get her ticked off. He's got to kill somebody, right? Like, we've kind of alluded to this all episode. Is it Will? Is it, um, is, is it Max? Is it Steve? Like, I, I really think this villain has to kill somebody very major. I mean, Mike. I think Mike is Mike the could be one, one too. target. I think
1: the the trouble with Mike is... What does Vecna go for trauma-wise? Because when now that I'm thinking about it, like, what has Mike sacrificed? Like, everyone else is... Uh, Mike and Dustin and Lucas haven't really sacrificed that much besides their friends, you know, going through some stuff. Sure. Everyone else has had to deal with some big things. Yeah. So, like, what has Mike had to sacrifice so far? I don't I don't know where Vecna goes
0: with that. Well, what about Nancy? I mean, Nancy, could that be the catalyst to make the group (sighs) frustrated? Because obviously at the end of the season, he does the whole villain monologue, which I thought was funny. It was like, let's give him a monologue, have him put his hands behind his back and start talking in a British accent about his plan to James Bond. Like that was (laughs) that was also a little bit on the nose, in my opinion. But it needed to happen to to connect the, the remaining dots. But I think I think Nancy could be dying, too. I think this could just be our last like kind of doing what we did with Max, but in the reverse way. It's like, okay, we feel safe now that Max lived and now Nancy will die. I I, I don't know. But I feel like Vecna has got to kill somebody to make this season really count for him as a villain.
1: It's going to be one of the four, one of the four boys. Right. It's either Mike, Will, Dustin or Lucas. Like it, it like one of them, I just assuming is going to die this season. Like, and I think that's, I think, the,
0: you're,
2: I I think to Max's line. credit though, like Nancy did have the vision with, um, Barb. what is her name? Barbara with Barb, Barb in the pool. So yeah. like it's
0: not unfounded. You're well, right. and that would hit Mike, which would hurt a lot Steve. It would hit Steve. And Steve. It would hit Jonathan, which will hit will. I, I don't know if Nancy carries that weight I think you're right Robbie I think it has to be the major four Or it could be Max Max is Eleven's best friend in theory Best female friend Right I just think Vecna The one thing he's missing this season Is a major kill He needs a major kill And I, I don't know who it's going to be But he has to kill somebody in the gang If he's going to be in season five Or Eleven has to kill him And they got to bamboozle us with With a bigger villain And I think if they're bamboozling us, it's going to have to do with Will.
1: Well there, we're telling you there. We know the Mind Flayer is like The Mind the, Flayer is the the, you know, the boss. Sure,
0: Isn't but I'm already, saying I guess I'm saying like, more of like who represents that is what I'm saying. Is it Vecna is it Vecna or is it Will is is what the point I make. I understand the, the dialogue we're saying. Yeah, I uh let me make sure I get this actor right to um, Are we going to talk to the Vecna actor? The Vecna actor. Jamie Campbell bower robbie go ahead i know you wanted to say something about him dude pete like peter ballard is the next
1: great joker i I, like he's the next great like villain of something that guy has the face he has the eyes like he has the 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 dude looks haunting yeah yeah well and and he did a really good job because earlier on early in the season i thought he was legit just a soft character there to help and as the season goes, you're kind of like, OK, yeah. there's, there's you're some sort up of on it, arterial yeah. motor. It's a motive a here. Yeah. Um, but at the beginning, you're just like, this guy is just feeling for these kids. Like, so this guy, this guy is the next great villain actor, I think. And I, I'm really excited to see what he does after this, because I think there's going to be some doors that are going to open up for him. Um, but that switch from him going from, like, just a guy helping Eleven to... I got this this thing out of my neck, like, and now I'm going to go on a freaking rampage. And it's not Eleven. It's it's this guy. It's uh Peter Ballard. Yeah, Peter Ballard is what is he's named as. And which which is kind of why is it Peter Ballard? That's his
0: name. That's his name.
1: Is that his name in the facility? No, I believe that's his real name. Neither you nor well, neither. his last name would be his last name would be Krill technically.
0: Creel is his real real last name, yeah. Right,
1: but, but he in, he's yeah, got he's, he's got
0: major Bill Skarsgård vibes too from it. Extremely, like, that's major, what I was thinking, major yeah. Pennywise. If they wanted to do a Pennywise remake, call this guy up too. That'd be the other. No, no,
1: Pennywise no. no. If they they do it, they do they got to do a Freddy Krueger remake now. That's a great it's point it's too. Be He'd be a guy. great Freddy
0: Krueger. I mean, he he's a great villain, Robbie. You nailed it too. For in in t- television today, what makes a really great show is if I can't predict what you're doing and you're writing. Does show me along the way and I just never connected and that's what this show does and that's why I'm way way more likely to forgive things with the Duffer brothers they are playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers so when I referenced earlier that that video camera where it's March 22nd they tweeted the week yeah. before the premiere that some people forget birth D- D&D and other people forget birthdays like these guys are on another level I am willing to deal with with some of the dumb loopholes for the long-term those vision. Jerks. They've got a very clear plan established for the mm-hmm. next two episodes this season and whatever episodes are in season five that I trust Guess whatever direction. DC should. should hire those guys. I, somebody's got to hire them. I mean, you, you referenced Marvel shows earlier, Robbie. If I was Kevin Feige, I'd give them all of the Marvel shows. I would say you guys own the direction of where we go with the multiverse. Here's where I need you to, to meet with me apex-wise with movies. And let's go do it from there. I think that's what good could have Doctor Strange been if the Duffer brothers had a hold of it. I don't want them to do a movie, Robbie. I want them to do the TV shows. I think they are. I think they are multi-layered, multi-season writers. I don't think they're 90 minute writers. I really don't. I think they they need. Oh, every single one of their episodes is 90 minutes. It's great. (laughs) They need they need 12 to 15 episodes of that to do it, though.
1: Well, but they only get 30 minutes.
0: And a Marvel's well, a that's Marvel's that's show. another argument. I think Marvel better watch really watch Stranger Things here and go like, hey, you know what? We can go fifty to ninety minutes. Hey, you know what? Content sells because people will binge what it. If we do a good job. <laughs> people
1: will what binge we it. Do, what if we,
0: what if we do a good job sure. and end the season well? Yeah.
1: What if we do that?
0: Let's close with eleven. Fun. That'd be wild. Eleven, our main hero, and we obviously find out. Uh, through the eyes of Eleven, that Martin Brenner is alive. We obviously get that homage to him at the beginning of the season when we talk about the massacre that happens in Hawkins. But Brenner's back. He's alive. And then Sam Owens, the other scientist, essentially tells Eleven, look, we're at war. We're not going to win without you. And I think for me as a viewer, I was led to believe like, oh, it's the war with the upside down. And No, 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 no. It's not the war with the upside down. It's the war with one. They know exactly who Vecna is and they're not telling us. And so their whole time, they set up this project called the Nina Project, which I thought was a masterful way to get into the backstory of Eleven. I thought the de-aging thing was wonky at times. However, it worked in the context of the storytelling. Robbie, I agree with you. I really didn't pick up on number one being around till like episode six like yeah he just was a filler character in the background for so long they did a great job of giving him enough screen time to to make it noticeable that he was there but not at much after that what did you guys think of Eleven's arc this season obviously she's just absolutely devastated at the beginning of the season by Probably some of the Hall of Fame worst bullies I've ever seen. That girl and her little posse—I yeah. mean, they were brutal. Angela sucks. Angela's the worst. Angela was the worst. When when eleven hit her in the nose, I was like, "And what's the problem?" I
1: was, I was like, "This is fine."
0: I was like, "She's bleeding on the nose. Who cares?" She didn't have to go to the she didn't have to go to the police for that. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like. That was ridiculous, but yeah. I got big, like, uh Rugrats vibes from Angela. They Dude, got the same yes, name, like Angelica
1: vibes, 100%. Angelica,
0: like, chick. Yeah, 100%. Jared, what'd you think of this arc for Eleven?
2: I thought it was fantastic, and I think that some of the stuff that they touched on, oh gosh, so so season two is hit or miss for me. It's good, um, but it didn't hold up to season one. Part of the reason that I, I softed down a little bit was because of Eleven's... Arc in that. I think when she leaves for a little bit and she's traveling around with the other like people's superpowers, that one didn't really sell me. With with the stuff that's going on in this and the fact that somebody else survived the experiments, this season made that season better. That bumped up my rating. Um, and I love the journey that she's on here, right? She's devastated because she thinks Hopper is gone. Uh she she latches on to the one thing that is really true and solid to her, which is like, no, I am a hero. Like when people need me, I am there and I can do this. And you know, I'll go through whatever. I'll I'll face my fears again. I'll go to this scientist that abused me all through my childhood and I'll and I'll still do this for my friends. Sure. And I love that. She is the superhero.
0: I agree. I that was the big message I wrote down in my notes about this season was you are a superhero, stop believing that you're not. And Eleven's arc, Jerry, you nailed it. This makes seasons one through three better. We have a full grasp and understanding now of season one of why Brenner was chasing her. He was chasing her because he thought we had another Vecna on our hands. That was why he was chasing her so religiously. It wasn't necessarily because Eleven was bad, but we were led to believe that Eleven was bad. Additionally, this really makes Brenner look even worse like as a character, he is like truly the mon- he, he is the Frankenstein of this series. No question about it. And <coughs> this is showing what happens if Frankenstein got a second chance to take out the first monster. That's what's happening.
1: Well, and even, and it, it even gives like uh, an understanding to Vecna. Which you yeah. know it you yeah. know is it, always a problem. Like is like a bad guy is just bad because he's bad. Like no, this gives like an entire reason why Vecna is doing what he's doing, and it all comes back to this Papa. doctor playing yeah Papa, Papa playing Frankenstein
0: yeah. and then being terrified of the monster that he's created. Tale as old as time. Everybody's got daddy issues. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's that's what they're leaning into. I mean, with and 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 it's a facetious joke, but I make the point of like. I really thought it was layered and we're not going to really get into depth with the Creel discussion, but I think Creel the whole time was a setup to really send you down a path of like, hey, really, all that the Creel thing is, is it's an entry point into the upside down. And the boy was the problem the whole time. The other thing that I've noted, and this is kind of why I lean really heavily into Will being a bad guy They describe Will as emotional in the first season. That is what Victor Creel describes his son, Vecna, as an emotional young boy. There's there's a part of me that still thinks Will might be the bad guy. We don't know what Will was doing in the upside down in season one. We don't know what he did in there. And I think that will be explored in season five the same way Eleven has been explored and we could come to find out that there's more evil to Will than we think. And we may have not gotten the Will back that we had. I, and it's a huge plot hole. They kind of got to explain it. How did Will survive the Upside Down if Vecna is in there? And everything else. How did he survive with Vecna in there? I just don't... Because Vecna was sent there the day that Will was sent there. I don't...
1: I, I understand what you're saying. Like, and I, I think the will turning heel like makes sense. I don't know if they're going to go that deep to it. I think in my head, that doesn't make sense. I think they'll, they'll stick to kind of what you said at the, at the the beginning, like will is, you know, the boy that was saved, the boy that was lost and the boy that was saved. And then everyone just kind of forgot that will even existed. And his mom kept giving him a bowl cut. And (laughs) now the boy just needs the boy. Needs to get those emotions out. And Jonathan didn't give him any weed. And now he's just, like, he's lost and looking for direction. And I think... And his friends suck have everybody on his
2: birthday. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that, I think that's something Vecna can exploit. And instead of killing him, he will look at that and be like, I can use this as a way to turn the group. I, I don't know. I, I like that storyline. That, that, I mean... I don't I like that for Will. No, but I, I
0: just make more of the point of, Robbie, I guess the point I'm saying is the Duffer brothers are way too smart.
1: Yeah. They, I they have
0: covered way. all their bases. They have been on top of everything. I have a very difficult time with us not knowing what happened with Will in the Upside Down. And I think now True. that we're going back to Eleven's story prior to her being released and hanging out with the gang, I think we're going to see that next season, and I don't think it's going to be as pretty and clean cut as we think. And this ambiguous emotion that Will has, I think the writers are leaning into it to make the audience think it's a sexuality thing. To then zag to a different storyline, which is fine. It's it because the audience naturally latches to that, I think, with the interaction with the girl and how Mike is being looked at. But. There's more to Will than meets the eye. And maybe I'm like way off base or I'm being too aggressive with his future. But there's something there, in my opinion. And I really think the Duffer brothers are setting up a big moment with him. And I just it could be his death. You guys kind of predicted that. I think that's a great example. That could be it, too. Of it's gotta call, come full circle. And, and something has to happen here with Will. I, th- he is far too important for them to be forgetting his birthday. Can we just
1: kill Mike? Let's kill like, <laughs> Mike.
0: If they killed Mike, really, the only one ticked is Eleven.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. That's all and you need Will. to do. You just got pissed. And Will you piss off. I mean, we'll be mad, but, like, Eleven's the one that can do something about Nancy it. Nancy won't even care. She'll be just hanging out with yeah, I Yeah, like, the fact that, like, I can't even tell that brother dad not like, They haven't <laughs> even made that connection once this season. Like, oh, yeah, they're still brother and sister. Sure. Like, I don't care. Like, who cares? Like, Worst well. parents
0: of all time. Where do the Stranger Things parents rank in the pantheon of worst parents?
2: All the parents are the worst. Like, except for Hopper. And, and Joyce but
0: but all that's the, the
1: point are. of this though because it's like an 80s style show where par- every single parent is like the prototypical you know crap s- you know do their <laughs> yeah. job read a newspaper watch TV oh these all these kids are the worst stop doing all them drugs kind of thing like it's it's great it's it, they, they, they are making the show as if they were making it in the 80s in that regard
0: Will, will's dad really truly is the ultimate.
1: Will's dad is Nick Gillette. I know no one knows who Nick (laughs) Gillette is. You mean Mike's dad? Nick Gillette is a friend of of ours, and that is 100%. That's Nick Gillette. You know what?
0: Will's dad is Nick Gillette. Nick's Nick's daughter runs in. Dad, there's a portal to an upside down that's threatening our reality. How about you stop eating my pancakes? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go fishing.
1: See, I got to go muzzle on again. Can you
0: can you start paying your rent to be <laughs> here more often? Just. No
1: one no one understands this besides our friends. Yeah, it's fine. It's, is, an it's an inside joke. We all
0: hope to be part of one one day. So. <laughs> Any predictions to the end of the season that we have? I, I really don't know how you can predict this show. I mean, I, I could not have predicted the direction they went with Vecna here. I, I think they did a great job. I really tip my hat to the Duffer Brothers. A lot of people complain that three years was too long. I am with you, Jared. I think it really was a strength for this show to get away from it, come back and go, wow, I really did miss being in Hawkins with these characters. I'm really excited for the end of this season. Volume two is going to be tremendous. July 1st. Thoughts from you guys before we close out.
1: Is the, the the captain basketball player the worst person ever? The worst character of all time? Do we? He's a great trope too.
0: Him? He's a great job. Oh yeah, trope.
1: he's the freaking uh, uh uh oh gosh now I'm the guy from Scooby Doo, the main guy, the, the guy with the blonde. He's he's Fred. Yeah, he's 100% Fred. And he's crappy that's a, Fred. That's incredibly disrespectful to Fred, but okay. <laughs> but that's but that's the trope that they're going for, like the all-American boy, like you know, is he's basically a politician and he's you know 18 totally. years old. Yeah, yeah, that kid is like, totally
0: going to be a senator in 20 years in this universe. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I just I hate him. I yeah, I just him a hundred percent. Yeah,
0: he has no he's substance. He doesn't really have an opinion. He just goes flies by the seat of his pants.
1: Yeah, totally. And he's just leading. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's going into that again that 80s trope of like the cool kid now is gonna go sure cheat knock. up the d d guys yeah like i I get what they're doing I just hate him I, I don't like him at all yeah, I, yeah love it
0: I love it too
1: I'm just looking th- I'm just looking through the cast and I'm just thinking of
0: who like who's expendable who's gonna None of die? Them. that's the problem. I mean I mean in reality none of them are expendable. And and the, the expendable ones are not worth killing. They're not going to have the emotional weight. Lucas
1: isn't worth killing.
0: I think I Lucas say. has a huge amount I think, of yeah. I I think if Lucas died that would be a tremendous problem for everybody. Do you think so? Oh yeah, I think Max, think of Max.
1: Okay, but that's like just with Max though. Like that's the biggest connection and and, and the whole The whole thing where they're like
2: where they're because they built up this thing where it's like he's trying to exist in both worlds. He still is very important to these. Which I love that
1: storyline, but I I don't know how much weight it holds, like looking at the other ones, if they die. Like the only if expendable will dies, person it's on the kid list. that was saved that dies. If Mike dies, Eleven's pissed.
0: If Dustin dies, Dustin's not dying. He's the safest of the group. they yeah, can't
1: they'll they, they will not kill Dustin. They won't the ever old, they will revolt. The only truly expendable person is Eddie.
0: No, he doesn't have enough emotional weight. No. Argyle ain't going anywhere.
1: Yeah. I think I think Max is right. I think Steve is is very much on the chopping block because I think he carries a lot of weight. He carries weight with Dustin, he carries weight with Nancy. He carries weight as like being the muscle that they've created him into be for this group. Um I think Jonathan holds the
0: least amount of weight. That's like I don't think true. that would I, don't I think, think Robbie holds more, than, right, so. holds more weight Robbie than Eddie holds more weight. than Robbie really wants Jonathan dead. Yeah,
1: because he's nothing now. He's just the he's guy that somehow now. got. Na- yeah, he's Argyle's he's that That's his role. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. I'd rather. I'd be more upset if they destroyed Argyle's van than if they killed
0: Jonathan. He's like fifty <laughs> years old playing a nineteen-year-old kid. That <laughs> guy looks. That old. Looks like his face just is falling to the ground every time. Yeah, yeah it, it's been it's falling just, apart for
1: ten years. That it makes poor no sense.
0: guy just hasn't resting sad face. <laughs> he,
2: he just like, I don't want to dog on this because he's probably like a really nice guy,
0: but he does look I'm perpetually sure tired. Perpetually yeah. depressed. Yeah. Like he hasn't slept in years. Sure. I mean it's fine. It's he's a great actor. Does a great job. It's just shout funny. out and I, I I don't know what we're doing now, but shout out to
1: Noah Schnapp for playing Will Byers and still sticking with the, the bowl cut. Yeah dude.
0: Get, like, boys rocking like, it. Like, he wanted to get rid of it this season. They still came out of the bowl cut. I can't believe they did
1: that. Like the kids in high school. Now, Everybody else is changed. It like looks
0: completely. Yeah, in his like leg. his
1: mom isn't a loser. Like Joyce is like mm. a little weird. Mm. Oh Joyce is a little weird. But mm. okay, can we talk about how Joyce had just forty thousand dollars and she just got
0: it from the bank? Can you imagine if somebody asked you for a ransom of forty thousand dollars? Like, oh, it
2: was from <laughs> it was uh, it was the college fund that Hopper set aside for. 11. Is that what it was that yeah. I missed that
1: little yeah. snippet?
0: Oh, see, this is Duffer Brothers writing again. See, and I just missed that. Just joined like. us. So. Well, we're way over, and editing this episode is going to suck. Yeah, good luck. All right, thanks. <laughs> we love you, 3000. Bye. Check out the Patreon. Well, Robbie, thank you so much for coming on and making time for this dude. And uh, thank you for sharing your opinions. And I hope that Steve dies.
1: I hope Steve doesn't die. I hope Jonathan dies. Hopefully.
0: I know. That's why I said I hope Steve dies. I hope Jonathan. I hope Jonathan lives for the rest of eternity. In I
1: universe. hope Argyle. I hope they'll make an entire show on Argyle. Give me an Argyle spinoff. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. Ar- give me Argyle, Steve, and Dustin just chilling.
0: Steve's dead, man. Uh, Jarrett, thank you so much for coming on, and I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Man, yeah, you too. Hey, thank you, Infinity Bros Universe. Wherever you listened, however you listened, thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. You can check us out on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and join our Discord. All of these links are in the links in the show notes. You can also see our timestamps if you want to go back and listen to specific portions or just overall rate us on iTunes. If you're still here, we'd love it if you leave us an iTunes review when we'd love to read it on the air. I promise if you leave it, I'll be nice to you like I was to the ODPH podcast. Thank you to them for the shout out and thank you to our friends at many worlds tavern coffee as always you guys 3000 we'll talk to you soon see ya! bye bye thanks for tuning in to the infinity bros podcast you can find the infinity bros on facebook instagram and twitter at the infinity bros feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinity bros podcast at gmail.com